ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. My special guest today is Machen McDonald, coming to us from Northern California. And uh, I met Machen networking online, actually, um, last year. And um, we've spoken a couple of times, and I just... I. I think he is brilliant, and you'll see why I use that word as we go forward. And uh, he founded the Pro Brilliance Leadership Institute back in 2004 and is an award-winning strategic growth coach and number one best-selling author. And he really is brilliant, and I know that he likes to bring the brilliance of other people out. So first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Janice. Good to be with you. You're very welcome. And uh, I think I want to start there by just asking you, um, first of all, I know that, well, no, I'm going to start here because I know you've been a serial entrepreneur as well. So mm. why coaching? Why, you know, were you in a, a corporate position a million years ago or have you always been on your own? Um, how did you come to finding your um, your brilliance? Wow, great question. Um, I my my longest stint um, in corporate, <laughs> if you will, uh, was I was working in the home office for a financial services firm. Mm -hmm. I started out in in as an insurance agent, life insurance agent. Got my licenses, became a financial advisor, did really well there. Got pulled into management, started uh, recruiting, and then lo and behold, it kind of just gravitated towards me working from the home office in helping uh, our advisors basically grow their practices. And it was really just kind of finding ways to bring out the best in them. And as you can imagine, most people, what is in the way is just the way they are thinking or their perspective around something. So a lot of times it was just helping tweak things just a little bit and helping them see things differently. And was like taking the emergency break off of a dragster for a lot of people. <laughs> um, well, I think that uh, what I love about that that uh, journey, in a way, is you know um, I'm I was a teacher in my first life, and I know a lot of teachers and people in the field of education. And you get a really good teacher, and they take them out of the classroom and start putting them into administration and they get further away from the children right in so yeah, many ways yeah. and in a way that's kind of what you said happened to you initially but then you brought it back around even in that industry because you were able to go back and teach and coach the the up-and-coming uh agents or, or advisors at that time so mm -hmm. that's the good thing when you get to come back around it's it's always to me a shame when the best teachers are kept out of the classroom but um yeah. Because I actually met another uh, vice, uh, he was a 
district principal or something uh, over a bunch of schools. And he was so good with the kids. And I'm like, don't you miss the kids? And he said, yeah, I do. But he said, I get to go into a classroom once a week and do such and such. And so I keep my hand in it. And I think uh-huh. that's important, you know, yeah. to know what's going on in the field and um, to to take the best people and, and give their their um, wisdom to mm-hmm. right yeah. so so I love that and so then you expanded into just what um, from uh, financial advisors into becoming a coach of small business owners correct am I correct in that yeah so what happened was our company uh, got acquired and then everybody kind of jumped ship and we're going to different companies and my phone started blowing up uh, with other advisors and managers from other companies that were with our primary company that said, hey, you know, I liked what you helped me accomplish when we were together. I'm over here now. Can we continue to work? And so I found my way to just kind of making a lateral move in business to having to form a coaching company. My uh-huh. own coaching company, yeah. And was that coaching before? It was around when coaching just started as a profession, but you didn't do the coaching institute thing, right? Um, I'm not sure what you mean by the coaching. Well, institute. I remember that's around, like earlier than that, 2003 maybe. That's when um, I was starting out on my own, and um, uh, I remember coaching as a uh, profession was just happening, and the mm. the um, uh, the institute so to speak of coaching there were different ones of course that came came about so you could learn to be a coach and I never thought I needed to do that because I was a teacher but um they're different I know but there's you know similar um things about it and I so I just wondered because I always say you know from my knowledge and my wisdom I'm able to do what I do Mm. and my background and so I just wondered if it was the same for you well actually you know before um I actually made the jump into coaching uh, I had the opportunity to stay with the company that I was with, but they wanted me to move to New York and I wasn't quite sure I wanted to do that. So I actually hired a coach at that ah. time to help me kind of think through things. Okay. She was brilliant and I thought I was kind of a coach, but then I really learned what coaching was, which is more Socratic and full of inquiry. Yes. So I found out from her that the actually the place that she went to to get certified as a life coach was pretty much in my backyard um, coaches training institute in marin okay. and so that's where i actually went to get certified as yeah. a coach and then okay. i since then have taken other programs as yeah. well okay well that makes sense um and okay so that makes me think of another question because you said you hired a coach do you have coaches now or a coach now? Do you feel a coach always needs a coach? I, I do believe that. Um, I have a coach right now that I work with one-on-one. And I also have other, they call themselves coaches, but they're more subject matter experts. Maybe it might be in, in marketing or other types of business aspects where I'll work with them because I understand they've got the subject matter expertise. But as far as a a pure coach, I do work with a coach. Yeah. So we get in our own way all the time. Um, And when we think that 
you know, we want to move from point A to point B, um, but we don't know how to get there and we get in our own way. And so I can see where having a coach can help us sort through things like that. Um, so when you, when somebody is looking for you as a coach, what are you bringing to the table? Like, what are you going, what's your philosophy around or your, your, um, not your philosophy, more like your strategies around how you would work with them. So is it always the same? Is it like one thing I know that that you talk about a lot is having a business plan and, and going through a business plan. And I'm of the I'm like, I don't need a business plan. I'm get trying to like just maintain for a little bit more time. I'm not going this way. I'm just trying to, you know, do this. So is it about that to start with, or do you take people from where they are and where they want to go to or think they want to go to? Yeah. Um it's it, it's a little, I, I call it the situation is the boss, right? I meet everybody where they are. Some people like yourself, they're on a comfortable plateau and they're sustaining that. And then there's other people that are ready to make the climb yeah. and not quite sure how to do it. Maybe they've lost a little bit of mojo because they've been on the plateau of success for a while. And so my approach is doing a deep discovery to find out where somebody is and what they're looking to more fully develop in their world, both personally and professionally. And sometimes it warrants having a plan, a business plan. And by the way, our business plan is only about two pages. It's not a big thing of gobbledygook. It's like an action plan. Um, and other people, it's more just managing their mindset. You know, um, a friend of mine says, uh, you know, it's not who we think we are that holds us back. It's who we think we're not. And so when I get with people, I can, you know, as, as I'm sure you can, we can hear some of the belief structure about themselves, about their world, about what's possible and, and so forth. And really, it's just being a mirror and holding up what they're swimming in, if uh -huh. you will and say, is this working for you? Or would you like a different perspective? And nine times out of nine, they say, it's kind of working, but I, I need to break through. I need to break out. Okay, and don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't ever want to learn and do better and, and improve. I just don't need to scale up the-, yeah. the No, I, I totally, I totally yeah. get that. Okay, so um, one of the questions that, that you had down here, and I'd love to ask you this question because- um, this one intrigues me. What's one highly effective way to bring forth your best thinking and act on it? Well, there's there's three questions that I would ask okay. that help people get clarity around that because a lot of people have bought into other people's goals and they kind of lose track of what they really want. So the first question that I ask people is, what are the experiences that you want in your life going forward? And a lot of times they have to really stop and think about that. That lends itself to, you know, why are they here? What are they up to this go around? And what are the experiences? Because they got into business for a reason, right? It might be to give, it might be to make a certain living, to be able to provide for their family, whatever it is. But in their mind, there's a lifestyle and experiences that they have in mind. So let's, let's start there. And we kind of do the brain dump and getting it all out on paper. And then from there, the second question we ask is, how do you want to grow? 
right? Because if, if you had everything you needed right now, you would be where you want to be. You'd be experiencing what you want. Right. But there's something that needs to be tweaked or expanded or whatever. So we asked that question, how do you want to grow? And then the third question is, what's the impact you want to make on the world? Or what do you want to contribute to the world? And so that really helps people pretty quickly get a life plan together. Mm. And from there, we can look at, okay, given what you do for a living, let's start to create that constellation and connect those dots. And then we can look at what are the development opportunities that they need? What do they need to learn? What do they need to delegate or limit or eliminate in order to free up their energy, their wisdom, the word you mentioned earlier, to help them get to where they want to get so that they can live the life they want? Mm. Yes, it's a process, no doubt. It's, mm. a, it's a huge process. But um, I think, I don't know, like one of the things that comes to mind and something that I know that you have written about in one of your books, I think, um, is about, um, you know, uh, finding your zone of brilliance yeah. means that you have to also um be able to let go of some of the stuff that you don't do well and delegate it and, and have other people do that. So you have that space, which you just said, but, um, but that's hard for some people like me who are, you know, control freaks. So I've tried and I'm still trying. And yet I think it's bringing me more work because I have to double check what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. crazy. So how do you coach someone through that? How do you let it go? Well, um, there's several different processes or methods that we walk people through to help them let go of certain things. Um, there's actually something called the Sedona method by Hale Dwoskin, which is a, a sequence of questioning I've heard of that. The yeah. Yeah. And it just it helps people get the sense that they can let go because holding on to something is just it's a matter of focus. And so if we can shift our focus and one of the ways that we do it is by helping people understand what their we call it a permission, their purposeful mission, right? Give yourself permission, mm -hmm. to let go. But we do that by getting super, super clear on where you're headed. Why are you on this big blue marble? And so everybody has a wisdom. Everybody has a genius. And we help people find out what that is. Mm -hmm. And we do it through, it's actually, we can kind of go through it on the, on the call here. It's three circles. It's a Venn diagram. Mm -hmm. okay? The first circle is your purpose. And what we mean by purpose is what do you do better than anybody else on the planet? I'm glad you brought this up because I had this written down. I love it. So go ahead. Yes. Okay. And then make that list of all those things that you're really, 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 really good at doing. And mm -hmm. be mindful, be careful not to discount things because a lot of people will say, oh, well, I can do that, but I've always been good at that. Or, you know, I never, you know, anybody could do that. Well, that's not necessarily no. true. No. So make that list. Then the next list is what's, the passion, what do you enjoy? Where do you lose a sense of time? When do you feel in the zone? And you'll find that those two lists will overlap. Mm -hmm. and we look at the overlap and we ask, well, what is the profit or the productivity mm -hmm. items? 
Mm -hmm. And we'll find that there's some overlap and then we kind of rank those things. And then those where the intersection of all three of those, that's your zone of brilliance. That's what you can build your business around. Because if you spend the majority of your time in that area, mm -hmm. everything else takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. You'll find the people that do or can do all the other things outside of your zone of brilliance. And then we look at if you're spending all your time in your zone of brilliance, we then look at what's the benefit, the impact, or even the transformation that your ideal clients will experience by you living in that zone of brilliance. And mm -hmm. that becomes your permission statement. Mm, love it. That's so good. I'll have to go through that exercise. I think yeah. you did a blog post about that too, didn't you? Probably a couple in a different way. Yeah. 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 Really good. Really good. Um, <clears throat> okay. So what do you think the biggest, um, you, well, you must see this all the time. Like people are making the same mistakes all the time, hmm. you know, that isn't getting them out of that rut and into the zone of genius or the brilliance. Well, you know, the biggest, the biggest struggle for most people is waiting for motivation. I'll do it when I feel That's more like motivated. <laughs> right. that? That's like waiting for Godot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but a lot of times people, the, the other area where that lends itself is people don't have a routine or an algorithm or a habit or pattern system in place. And what we find, this comes from Cal Newport's book, Deep Work. He bookends the days and he says that the only real time we have control over our day is at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Everything in between is going to be pretty much a whirlwind mm -hmm. in life. So what we want to do is we want to get focused on what do we need to get done in a good way for the first hour or so once we wake up. Mm -hmm. And then what do we want to make sure we get done at the end of the day? You know, because tomorrow begins tonight, right? With a yes. good night's sleep and all of that. And so if we get a sense of what are the things we need individually to bring most of our or all of our energy to everything that we do, we'll find that we're wired doing so, you know, it's, it's diet, it's exercise, it's meditation, it's, it's reading, it's writing, creating, what are those things? Make sure we get those in the first part of our day before the whirlwind hits and mm -hmm. we feel more empowered, we feel more focused. And the other piece is setting intentions. I've got a whole process. It's called the image process to help people get a sense of being on top of their day, owning their day, being in control of their life. And it starts with intention. That's the I and image. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of that morning routine. Mm. Yes, I can see that. Um, I've never been one for um, being focused. I've, I think the, the older I get, the less focused I've become. I've become more ADD over mm -hmm. the last few years than I can, you know, I think I'm focused on a project and then something happens and I get squirreled down another hole. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know. I don't know how to, maybe it's just the way I work. I don't know. I, and I, and maybe I fight it too much, but I do notice that I cannot stay focused on one thing during the day for very long. Unless I'm talking to people, then mm -hmm. I love that, right? 
So, right, if it ha- it's like, if I have to create a PowerPoint presentation, I'll do anything around to not do it, right? And, sure. then, and then I have to get it done so it gets done. But I'd much rather be watching something or talking to someone or making a sales call or whatever than doing that. Mm-hmm. So I guess that is one way of really... Um, paying attention to how you are so that you can see what needs to change or if it does and you just need to accept it. I don't know. What do you say? Well, I think we need to lean into our strengths. We need to manage our weaknesses so that we can avoid potential points of failure. And I think what I was hearing you describe is you're focused when it's something that lights you up that's in alignment for you you have no trouble focusing on it as a matter of fact um i've heard it said that you know if we have add which a lot of people do there's also attention surplus order right when we find something that we're lined up for we can do it all day right you take a a young kid who's add at school but man they can focus all day long on a video game yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So it's really is what we're focusing on in alignment with our values. And I think, you know, if there's something that we're avoiding or procrastinating on, that's a great indication that it's probably not what we should be doing. We could probably have somebody else do it for us. Yeah. Yes. And then there's that. But then there's that power thing or the control thing. Like they're not going to do it as well as I, I can. Like it's crazy, right? It's totally crazy. Well, it, it's not so much crazy, right? It's it's part of the human element. Our, the quality of our life is in direct proportion to our ability to handle uncertainty. Oh, say that again. The quality of our life is in direct proportion to our ability to handle uncertainty. Yes. Okay. Is being out of control. Yes. And everybody has a different sense of what that is, right? That's why some people can jump out of a plane with a parachute and other people won't get on a plane. <laughs> Right, right. And so we all have this story going on of yes. if this goes terrible, yeah, I won't be able to handle it. Yeah. And so what we want to start to learn yes. is that no matter how this goes, I can handle it. Yeah. yeah. And when we get the sense that I can handle anything that may come about, everything that happens happens for my benefit not to my detriment yes and so part of it is just a reconditioning of how we see ourselves in relation to the world and when we can get a true sense that we can handle whatever may come about control starts to loosen up Mm, i love that i love your voice too i like you're so calming that's (laughs) That's one thing that, yes, I mean, I think that's so important that, okay, that as a coach, you have to be an amazing listener and you have to be listening to what's not being said as well as what's being said, right? And then I think you have to know quickly how to reframe that back to the person. And that's the art of being a good coach, I think. I don't know. I could be wrong. but. that's my sense of it because you do that so well. Well, I, I thank you. <laughs> um, I would agree. Those are definite components that, that help people or help a coach help people find their way quicker, sooner rather than later. Okay. So 
so now in this world of coaches, there's so many people out there, so many people saying they're coaches and they really aren't. So, I mean, you know, everyone's saying, like, for example, when people say to me, are you a LinkedIn coach? I go, no, I'm a LinkedIn trainer because that's who I am. I'm a teacher and a trainer. I'm not a coach. And I think there's a major difference. I think that I show you my way of doing things. I'm teaching you a method or a strategy or whatever that I believe in. I don't think a coach does that. I think a coach brings out what you want to do in if it's for like tell me the difference you tell me your your difference yeah you know you're right right if we swing a wet rag we're going to hit about 12 coaches yeah exactly Um, because i was going to ask a question but uh, this is this has to come first yeah the the way that i always look at it and explain it is it's like a spectrum right on one end of the spectrum is probably like a, a consultant okay, mm-hmm. or maybe even a trainer, right? It's like you're, you're giving instruction, you're telling here's what to do because we have the subject matter, right? Right. We're experts on that. Okay. On the other end of the spectrum is therapy or counseling, Okay. right? Yeah. It's looking through the rear view mirror to find out how we got here. Yes. Now in between, I think there's coaching is in kind of in the middle but moves i think more to some of the consulting sometimes given like i come from the financial services world so i know a lot of the stuff and rather than ask a bunch of questions and let somebody find their way to something if i can throw them a lifeline and accelerate it i'm going to offer that you know but at the same time it i don't want to say it drifts into therapy because i'm not a therapist but i know enough to find out Oh, where did you take on that belief? Yes. And is that still working? And yes. makes sense to maybe reframe that, you know, so we can get them moving. So it's it's kind of this dance back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that do call themselves coaches that just have to be they happen to be a subject matter expert on one thing. Mm-hmm. And because coaching's kind of, you know, the buzz, I guess, oh, for now, yeah. they they jump onto that, which I don't have an issue with. I think if you know, everybody's a big person, they can decide what they need. And if it's a good fit with that individual, because, you know, it's, it's all about the connection and bringing in that collective wisdom. So I think what I was going to ask is how do you choose, you know, how do you choose the right coach? But I'm sure it's, it's dependent on so many things. The very first thing would be to me that I would have to uh, have a sense of connection with that person. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a sense of connection. And then it's like, you know, I always ask people why they think they need to work with somebody. What is it that they're looking to more fully develop? Mm -hmm. So if somebody says, well, I need to get my LinkedIn page, you know, where it's attracting clients, I'm like, okay, well, you need a LinkedIn expert. (laughs) You You don't need me, even though I know a little bit about a little bit. Yeah. But you know, the, the, the coaching piece is more about, I know there's something bigger in here and I can't seem to figure it out or get it out. And so that's where we kind of, you know, the best way I've heard it is, you know, it's like the golden Buddha, right? We all are made of this gold, but over our lifetime, we kind of throw on this armor and this cement and we cover up the gold. Mm -hmm. And so we hit a certain stage in our life where we 
we recognize there is some gold in here, but how do I get to it? How do I bring it out to the world? To me, that's what true coaching is, as we mm-hmm. start to dismantle and pull off some of that cement and that mm-hmm. muck and mm-hmm. some of the armor so that we can shine brighter, so that we can serve more people. So that must be so... Um, uh, um, ah, um, satisfying oh. for you when you see that in your, in your clients. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's I, I, I knock on wood. I mean, I, I pinch myself every time I get off a zoom call with a client, you know, just knowing like I'm in the right seat doing the right thing at the right time in my life. Um, how long does somebody normally work with you or, you know, can you answer that? Yeah. Um, the the answer to that is I have some clients that I've had for 20 years. Okay. I have some clients that I work with for a month or two just because they kind of have a particular project that they yeah. need to find out how to bring out their best. Mm-hmm. And I've had plenty of people that'll work with me for a year or two and then they take a break. Maybe they get a different coach mm-hmm. or find a different subject matter expert around something they're trying to more fully develop. And then they run the course and then they say, hey, I want to come back and kind of get to that next level. Well, that's cool. That's really cool. So um, one of the things that you that you say in your um, um, I read it somewhere, I can't remember, but it, it, it's really about balance, balancing, you know, things as well. So how do you balance? How do you balance your your life and your work? What are you doing when you're not working? Um, <laughs> that's a trick question, because <laughs> that's what I thought, too. Um, it's for me, it is about work life integration. Um, balance, I, I don't know if that's really the right word because it, it's, you know, it's like trying to stand on one foot. You know, we're constantly trying to find our balance and we're there for only a nanosecond and, yes, and everything, right? So for me, it's like, how do I make sure that I'm allocating the right energy and time for my work? And mm-hmm. for my family, for my health, for my community. I serve on two boards. Mm-hmm. I've been married for 30 years. I've got three kids. You know, none of them are wearing orange jumpsuits. So we've done something right. I've got a business that's been going for 20 years. You know, yeah. I I think I've found that, right? Mm-hmm. So, but it doesn't come lightly. It's, uh, you know, David Allen in his book, um, Getting Things Done, he says, you know, the road to the sublime is through the mundane. And so I know how and I help my clients understand how to do those things every single day that, you know, brick by brick build this amazing building, you know, and so it's it's just it's going to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But we've got to figure out what that is so that we can put those bricks in place so that, you know, when we get out to the end of our life and if we were to meet up with the person that is our full potential, are yes. we going to be pleased with who we see? Uh, yes. Or are we going to go, oh, my gosh, I didn't live life the way I wanted to live it? Mm, yes, that I have some some places in my life. I think I I maybe. Did you ever see that movie Sliding Doors? No. That was an old movie with Gwyneth Paltrow, but she's going on a train. And if she goes this way, this is what her life looks like. And you see that. And then if she went this uh, way. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really a good movie. Anyway. Sliding uh, Doors. Yeah, it's old, but it, it, it's really a good story. And, and it's, you know, 
I think there's times when I think I should have gone the other way. I don't know, but you can't live with regret. You have to live with, you know, looking at what's working now and what works for you. I just think business-wise for me, because I was like trial and error, trial and error. I didn't have a business background. I was a teacher. And then I got into business and, and it just the hard way. So I could have probably done differently Maybe it would have been better. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway. Can I share something with you? Absolutely. One of my coaches a while back used to say, if it was meant to be another way, it would be that other way. Mm -hmm. Everything is perfect just the way that it is. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And I bet if I asked you your true wisdom, Mm -hmm. you know, you're on the right path. Don't make me cry. We'll talk about that after. Okay. <laughs> but but just for the listeners, right? We all have that inner wisdom. Yes. But we also have an ego, right? And we need an ego just to get to the store. But the ego is the part of us that questions whether we're on purpose or not. Mm. It's the one that judges that we shoulda, woulda, or coulda. Okay. So if we can distance ourselves from that ego. voice. Yes. Keep in with the wisdom. Then we're good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I noticed from these wonderful quotes that you've mentioned that you obviously read a lot. What are you reading these days? And do you read, read, or do you audible read, or do you, what do you do? I do all the above. Okay. Okay. Um, I love to, to hunker down with a real (laughs) book book and just, you know, and if I, if I listen to an audio book and I really like it, I'll get the book and go yeah. back because I, I just everything's earmarked and highlighted and I just devour it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me right n- now, though, I'm reading a lot of books that have to do uh, with A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm read, I've, I've been a student of A Course of Miracles for a while, and there's other teachers or students of A Course in Miracles that have written books and just kind of devouring that syntopically to kind of capture the the core essence you know of how people are interpreting certain things that's really interesting that you brought that up because i talked to a woman just before christmas actually who i've known her for a long time but not that well but she teaches a course in miracles and she wanted me to come and i haven't followed up i yeah i think it would be interesting to to um to learn about that i haven't so yeah thanks there's a reason it came up for me then Mm. today yeah, um, so, uh, I love to ask my, my, uh, guests about my favorite question and my favorite word is curiosity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I would like to ask two parts. First part, um, do you believe that curiosity is innate or learned? And part two, what are you most curious about these days? Great question. I would say curiosity is innate. Um, I think, unfortunately, it gets shut down pretty easily by society. Um, You know, but being a coach, it's like, I bring a lot of curiosity. And I've always said that to learn, right, we need curiosity, but we also need frustration, right? Mm -hmm. If we don't have that frustration, we won't be curious, and I remind people that the word frustration has the words F, U, and N in it. 
<laughs> you can find the fun and frustration that'll move us through that corridor of i don't want to be here this is too tough this is too hard and then being curious around why is this happening what am i learning and how am i going to get to where i want to go so yes. i think curiosity is huge yeah it totally is um hmm. I, but i never heard of that about the frustration piece making you curious yeah out of necessity you have to do something so you have to learn about yeah so that makes sense um and what are you most curious about today hmm Great question. What am I most curious <laughs> about today? You know, I'm, I guess it's just a general curiosity that I bring into every day, which is how is, what are the miracles or the magic that's going to unfold? Mm. You know, one of the things I do, it's in my journal, the pod journal that I do is the image process. The M is for magic or miracle. And I always look back over the day of what was the magic or the miracle that showed up. And there's always something, always something. Yes, yes there is. It's true. Um, so as we come to a close, tell my audience about your journal, because this is something I know that is um, something that your clients get uh, the uh, benefit of by working with you. So talk to me about that. Yeah, it's a journal that I created um, about five years ago, just as an um, kind of a labor of love because I I love journaling, and you know some people either like it or are intimidated by it or whatever, and I thought you know it's it's got to be easier. So I looked at all these journals. I bought a ton of different types of journals, mm -hmm. kind of combed through them and saw some interesting through lines with all of them and found that you know they the, the good ones have a way to identify the key habits that we need and how to track and build them or dismantle the ones that aren't serving us um there are also uh, ways to help people set their intentions to look back and where they're growing um, affirmations are part of it so i've created one that guides people every day through how to journal, but also how to plan their day. And so oh. kind of a, a planner, I call it a pod journal, which means plan, organize, and diarize. Mm. It covers all those things. And I find for me and my clients tell me, you know, because life can kind of feel like we're sprinting a marathon, but we're not sure what mile we're on or where the finish line is. And so the journal helps us just get a sense of, okay, here's what today is, right? Here's the segment of our journey. And with the different segments of today, how do I want to be? What do I want to do? What do I need to have to be my best? Set those intentions and then notice what are the ways we need to feel. Let's do affirmations around that and then plan the day and then look back and what are we grateful for? What's the, what are the miracles that showed up? And how did we expand? How did we grow? What did we learn? How did we contribute? And if we're just making, it could be just bullet points on those items, or if we get the urge, we can write mm -hmm. out more. It's just, it's a wonderful way to process the day and be done with it, right? One of my favorite, um, Ralph Waldo Emerson says, finish every day and be done with it. Got <laughs> what you could. Some blunders, some absurdities crept in. Forget them as soon as you can, for tomorrow is a new day and you should begin it serenely and with too high a spirit.
to be encumbered with your old nonsense. <laughs> so this book helps me do that. So it's a thing you use at the end of the day or do you use it twice in the day? It's it's cracked open <clears throat> on my my desk here and it's it's always open. So on the left side, whoops. Oops. On the left side is the image process and on the right side is my calendar and my to-dos. Oh, okay. And so I see that and it just helps me stay focused because I, I, I can find plenty of squirrels and lures out there just like anybody else. Well, and what I love about that actually is that you have to write in it. It's tactile. Yeah. Yeah. I actually love that. I, I, I have a hard time. I have a, my calendar on my computer, but I much prefer to write, you know, notes and things. And so, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. I have my calendar and outlook, but at the end of my day, I look at my calendar and then I will write down in my book mm -hmm. what appointments I have tomorrow. And then I'll take a minute and just kind of look at the name and like, okay, yeah. what do I need to do? How do I need to be? Yes. It's going to show up. And I do that before I go to sleep. And then I let my whatever connect yes. in and go to work. Fantastic. What a great way to end. I love this. Thank you so much. Thank you. for your, I say your brilliance and, um, and your, your, your beingness actually for me is what I love oh, nice. your beingness. So thank you. Thank you so much. I hope my audience can, can resonate with that the way I do and um, reach out to check you out and the work that you do and where will they do that? They will do it at probrilliance.com. Yeah, probrilliance.com is a great spot. Um, since you're a LinkedIn trainer, I'm on LinkedIn too. Yeah, and, and I put that <laughs> in the show notes as well. Yep. Um, if anybody's interested in the journal, it's mypodjournal.com and they can learn more about it there. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for being here. I really thank you, appreciated it. And thank you to my audience for being here. And please let us know if you enjoyed what you heard and leave a review. Remember to subscribe and remember, stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share out this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.